Esoterica the Podcast. Welcome to Esoterica the Podcast, where we discuss the obscure, offbeat, and unusual. I'm Chris Schultz. And I'm Aaron Christian. Today's episode is brought to you by Krusty Krab Pizza. Now, with free delivery, Krusty Krab Pizza is the pizza for you and me. Krusty Krab Pizza is the pizza, yeah, for you and me. So how's it going, Aaron? I'm in the mood for some pizza now. Well... On somewhat of the subject of pizza, I want to say happy anniversary to Irving Oil in Pembroke today. They are one year old. You know the Irving? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. They are I one year old. I stopped in this morning because I needed to get a soda for lunch, and I ended up with a free coffee and a free, they called it a cupcake. It was actually a chocolate muffin um, with frosting and jimmies on it. If a muffin has a frosting, it is a cupcake. <laughs> That is the definition of a cupcake in my book. Well, I mean, they're both cakey, but there's a slightly different consistency between a muffin and cake. You know, muffins denser, generally. Yeah, I don't know. I've had pretty cupcakey muffins in my day. And I've had pretty muffiny cupcakes. cupcakes in my day. <laughs> like a corn muffin. I feel like, in, in a way, that could be a cupcake. Coffee cake. Coffee cake, definitely. Chocolate yeah. chip muffin. That's that's anything with chocolate in it that's a pa- breakfast pastry. Like a, a cinnamon roll, that's just an excuse to eat dessert for breakfast. It really is. So, <laughs> so happy birthday, Irving in Pembroke. Um, actually, I got a breakfast sandwich, and it was uh, bacon, egg, and cheese on a brioche uh, roll. Ooh, okay. And it was super good. Was it worth it? It really was. I that's enjoyed good. it. And I kept thinking of our coworker talking about oh, how great gosh. the Irving was, and we're like, it's a gas station. At the end of the day. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're still getting a gas station sandwich. It doesn't matter where you get it from. Right. I don't care if it's uh, Gordon Ramsay making it. It's still a gas it's station still sandwich. It's still a gas station sandwich, and you're taking your life into your own hands. More or less. More or less. Seen $1 cheap steaks at 7-Eleven. Anyway, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> we're not here to discuss the Irving, although we just did. Yeah, we're not a food podcast. We spent two minutes on this already. Feels like a lifetime. So tonight's episode, uh, we're going to go back in time to 1967 to hear the debut release from Captain Beefheart and his magic band, Safe as Milk. Safe as Milk or Safe is Milk? Safe as Milk. Neither of which makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's Captain Beefheart. So a little bit about Captain Beefheart. I'm going to guess you're not familiar with. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um. That's his stage name. He was I born... would hope. <laughs> I, if my last name was Beefheart, I would name my kid Captain, just because, or maybe Major, Major Beefheart. I think that's got a good ring to it. Yeah, Richard. Major, Major. Um, so Don Van Vliet uh, was a American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, instrumentalist, visual artist, and... Um, all-around eccentric fellow. Okay. He had a, uh, uh, his music kind of blended in L, um, together blues, free jazz, rock, avant-garde compositions, absurdist wordplay, and he had a wide vocal range, kind of went the entire scale. Um, I th- like to think of Captain Beefheart as sort of, have you ever heard the term a comedian's comedian? 
like uh, Lenny Bruce or Andy Kaufman, not necessarily popular with audiences, but comedians love them. Yes, yes. So yeah. um, Beefheart is kind of like that. He's a musician's musician. Okay. Um, huge, huge influence on Tom Waits. In fact, uh, Tom Waits, when he made his change from his sort of drunkard piano playing um, persona to where he is today, uh, he did that with Swordfish Trombones, which was kind of a hark back to Trout Mask Replica. Mm. Um, also a, a huge influence on the residents. And funny story, they that's partly how the residents got their name, is they sent in a demo to um, Hal Halverstad at Warner Brother Records because he had signed Captain Beefheart. And uh, when they sent it in, they didn't include a name. So when it got rejected and mailed back, um, Hal just wrote to the residents and bad name well, was for it. There you go. Um, also a big influence on Matt Groening, um, creator of The, Simpton, Simpton, uh, the Symptoms. <laughs> Love I that would, band. I would watch Love a cartoon. Show. <laughs> I would watch a cartoon called The Symptoms. It's a bunch of COVID symptoms. Like, you know how they do that movie, Inside Out? Where it's all yeah. the personification of feelings. It's like, I'm runny nose. I'm, <laughs> I'm dry cough. I'm unproductive cough. Um, yeah, and then you'd have to guess what the disease is. That'd be the whole episode. Okay. I'm swollen lymph nodes. Um, so, yes, Matt Groening cites them as a huge influence. Um, also, um, Talking Heads, Kurt Cobain, uh, B-52s, White Stripes, Black Keys, all have... Um, Big fans of Captain White Stripes, Beefheart. Black Keys. Okay. I have a little theme going on. Ebony mm. and Ivory. Not quite, but. Nope. Um, <laughs> so Beefheart's influence is felt throughout the music industry, but um, he's not as well known to audiences. Um, as a strange guy, he sort of came into being right around the same time as Frank Zappa. Uh, they were good friends for a while. Mm. But um, Don had a, a very domineering um, personality and. I was reading up on his Trout Mask replica album, and it, it sounds like it was almost a cult recording. Like, everybody that played on the album lived in an apartment for six months, and he constantly berated them and screamed at them, and then they would rehearse 14 hours a day. Wow. Um, and apparently you can feel it listening to the music. But we're going to start off with something a little safer, uh, a little more friendly for a first-time user. Safe as Milk, his debut album, which I have gone on now much longer than I intended to. So, the first track is Sure Enough and Yes I Do. So let's dive into that and see what we got. Hey, 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 all you young girls, wherever you're at. I got a brand new Cadillac, got a Ferrari too. Sure enough, baby, sure enough, yes I do. Well, that was some um, Delta Blues right there. Yeah, it. Uh, we was it last episode? I think it was. No, it was with the Who um, when we did that episode. It's like familiar in a way, mm. you know, like you've heard it before. You can't quite put your finger on it. Maybe it just sounds like that traditional sort of thing, but it's done in a different way. Um, but from this aspect, you know, it's like the start of something new. It's, it's kind of crazy to think that a lot of the psychedelia came from the blues. Like the Doors um, were heavily influenced, at least Morrison uh, was influenced by American blues. Um, Pink Floyd. Yep. Um, well, it was a good tune. I enjoyed that. Mm. 
Yeah, and I, I was going to make a comparison, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it, so never mind. One of the uh, cool things about this album is uh, the guitarist is Ry Cooter, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Ry Cooter, but uh, he's an amazing guitarist, a very, very long um, career, and he did a whole bunch of movie soundtracks too, mostly stuff before your time i didn't want to say that it hurt to say it out loud but <laughs> um i'm kind of laughing at myself to the line sleep with me and i'll sleep with me and you instead of just turning it around and saying i'll sleep with you yeah i'll sleep with me and you <laughs> comedy all right next song is zigzag wanderer <laughs> It's the voice. Oh yeah, the uh, like there's those uh, you know like yeah. the um, inflections are what makes it you know. And he and and I think Tom Waits uh, employs the same thing too. I, I know, and and I'm going to paraphrase Tom here. He likes to treat his voice as an instrument. Okay. So it's not always the most pleasant sound or what you would expect, you know, but it's. He plays it, you know, experiments with it. It's cool. All right, let's check out uh, the next song, Call On Me. Motown feel off of that. It sounds like every song they play at the bowling alley. Um, <laughs> there, oh, uh, I can't think of it. Is a, it's a black gentleman. He sings a song and it goes. And James Brown. It might be James Brown, but I'm, uh, I'm not entirely sure. But that's the vibe I got. Like, it, yeah, this Motown kind of like thing going on. I gotta see if that's James Brown. You can talk while I figure that out. It, it's it's funny so far. Like I'm, the thing I love about going back to the '60s or the '70s is when like long playing albums were a thing, and that was the first you heard of it. So get you know going out and buying this album and slapping it on, you're three tracks into it, it sounds like your standard rock and roll album. Right. Knowing enough that I do about Captain Beefheart, I know we're going to go sideways at some point. So I think it's kind of it's cool you get lulled into. Um, you know, not that it's run of the mill, but eh, I could mm. be listening to Deep Purple or. Before I commit to it, I think it's Papa's Got a Grand Brand New Bag by James Brown. You might be right. Wrong. Nice. But I don't want to commit to that being the song I'm thinking of. So. Good bet, I would say. You are fake news. Anyways. So if anyone ever doubts Captain Beefheart as someone who is unparalleled in setting the foundations of punk, just show them this next song. 
He delivers harsh and snarled vocals over the distorted and raw guitar. His cynical lyrics contrast beautifully with the cute and ditzy bridge. That's from uh, Genius. Genius. So. I would venture to say that as far as punk goes, mm-hmm. this might not be what I would expect it to be. Well, let's uh, listen to Dropout Boogie and see what it is. Okay, fair enough. You wanna do what? You wanna do what? I told you what? I told you what? You wanna do what? You wanna do what? I told you what? I told you what? Go to school, go to school, go to school, go to school. Just came, just came, just came, just came. Okay, I can see this being considered proto-punk. Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Mouth. They're not punk. Yeah, they're not. I know. That's why I said Smash Mouth. But they're influenced from punk. But I I can definitely see, like... Did you just say Smash Mouth is influenced by punk? Yeah. (laughs) Probably, but they do a shit job of showing it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish was an R.E.M. cover band. The crazy thing is, the first time I heard that and I actually listened to a Hootie and the Blowfish song, it sounds like a cheap REM song. Yeah, so, I yeah. I like Hootie, but um, Smash Mouth man, I can't get enough of you, baby. Oh yeah. Well, you know, not everybody that's influenced by something cool is cool. Yeah. Just because you're influenced by it, it's it's the execution. Like generally, if you say you're influenced by something, you can pick those notes out. Um, if he had said, I'm influenced by Captain at Beefheart, then I would say, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Maybe they were. Yeah, um, this song kind of kicks. I did discover, um, and I'm going to have to check this out later, that PJ Harvey uh, recorded a sort of answer to this on her, uh, it's called I Think I'm a Mother. Mm. And it's on To Bring You My Love, so that's worth checking out later. Um, but you can see, what did I just say on the last track, too, that you kind of get lulled in, and then it's going to go sideways at some point. Oh, yeah, for sure. We just went sideways. And uh, the next track, which could be a continuation of that theme, is I'm Glad. not in the mood to turn this into an exclusively smash mouth episode but i must i must bring this up though initially a ska punk band they later added synthesizers and a few experimental elements and production heavily influenced by surf rock surf. so their influences are the beach boys and dick tail dick tales from quincy so i'm just right now picturing hey now you're all starting to so they they executed their fanship of that poorly very poorly. So, um, that aside, I love this six eight beat of this song. It 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 definitely had like that sixties feel, like or maybe actually more like a fifties feel, like that doo wop. Not really. No, doo wop's a bad example. Yeah, it's definitely R and B. Yeah, R and B. Thank you. I was trying to think of the word. Like I imagine, you know, like you know, 
three sisters just like in a band together just like yeah. oh baby baby and it's funny it was a complete 180 from the last track which i completely yeah it's not smash mouth anymore it's like the you know shangri-las <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly enough um as we get onto the next track a little bit of background on safe as milk so before they recorded this album uh, the band had released a couple of singles through a&m records and they were moderately successful. So they presented the label with a set of R&B influenced demos, which is probably like the last song. Yeah. And uh, the label felt that they were a little too unconventional and decided to drop the band altogether. The next song, Electricity, um, Jerry Moss at A&M thought it was too risque for his daughter's ears. He thought it was very negative. Um, so let's take a look. I was going to say take a look. I did say take a look. We're going to yeah. take a listen. No, let's take a look. Let's watch. Let's watch. Let's smell my picture. something different so tell me if you agree mm-hmm. trampled underfoot oh yeah this is yeah. why you're bringing a musician to the table yeah yeah no mm-hmm. you can hear it's the same like it's the blues influence for sure but that and we heard a theremin we did and that was played by mr samuel hoffman i love the theremin it's my personal cowbell. I mean, but I, I agree with um, that gentleman that thought it was too aggressive for his daughter. This is basically so wild. <laughs> well, <laughs> interesting side note with this song. Um, so it's the song that got the band dropped from A&M label. Um, during the recording process, he actually broke a microphone um, with his voice. I'm, I'm assuming it was that screaming electricity. Yeah. But the greatest story of all is they were performing a concert and they started doing this song. It was, I think, one of their first concerts and they were about to embark on a tour. So they start this song. Beefheart stops in the middle of it, straightened his tie and walked off the stage and literally fell on his face. Because as he told Rye Cooter later, he saw a girl in the audience turn into a fish and bubbles come out of her mouth. Rye Cooter quit the band right then and there. He was like, Screw this, I'm out. Wow, that's Ooh. messed up. I don't wonder what he was on. Acid was the, the drug of the day. So the next song on the album is Yellow Brick Road. Around the corner, the wind blew back. Follow the yellow brick road. It ended up in black boat, black colors taught the gift of love. Smiling children painted joy, sunshine bright, gun and boy. Okay, this is probably just me. It is. But this this seemed to me to be like the polar opposite of Pearl Jam's Black, where the, the narrator is sitting by a playground, you know, sad, wrapped up, and this is like I don't know. 
peppermint kite for my toy. Bag of tricks and candy sticks. It's happy. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Yeah, definitely an acid trip. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I want to say... <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely an acid trip. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to say definitely a um, Queen's Clearwater sort of tone here. Mm. Um, just kind of that like Vietnam rock, but in more of a dainty way. Interesting. I kind of like the idea, ooh, actually, of a, a Vietnam War movie with like a psychedelic soundtrack. And I'm not talking like Jefferson's um, airplane. I'm talking like Captain Beefheart. Now, hear me out. We do a movie, this guy is in the war and like going through all these experiences and stuff. And the end of the movie, it turns out the whole thing's just a big acid trip. Ooh. We've, there are subtle clues that you should have picked up on the whole time. And then you go back and you're just like, oh yeah, there was a mushroom as a tree. So there should have been a Jacob's ladder. Okay. I actually, I had an idea for a movie one time about a guy. Um, and it would be, I don't know, a typical love story movie, maybe that ends badly, but then there would be an after credit scene or a director's cut where at the very beginning of the movie, the guy is driving home on the highway and sees a duffel bag and he pulls over and it's full of weed. So you now, after having seen the movie, you put in your head like this guy was stoned the entire time. This hmm. was going on. Not bad. Hmm. Uh, directors, Hollywood, hear us. Mavish. Hollywood, hear our idea. So the next song... Uh, was named after Captain Beefheart's favorite candy, Abba Zabba, You're My Only Friend. Song before song before song blues, that bit bubble. noticed that when a guitar player does a solo they look like they're in pain yeah and when a bass player does a solo they look like hell yeah you know what's really funny about that is that the bass players probably are in pain because they're using their fingers mm. you know i mean if you're really good at what you're doing you know yeah this is built up yeah but like if anything they're probably hurting more than a guitar player would be interesting you know but it's like laid back and intense at the same time like that was a killer bass solo yeah you know, I, I think the the key with the bass solo is that if you if you really rush a bass solo, it just doesn't sound good. But if you have this laid back, just like you have, a, it, it's not really even a solo. I mean, the definition of a solo is by yourself, but like a bass interlude at that point. Yeah, because you're just like there. A guitar solo is everything else is still playing, but the guitar is is forefront. So yeah, that's the difference. You still have that rhythm element to it. So bass solos like or bass, you know, interlude interludes have to <laughs> have this laid back element to it. Because it's it's carrying its own. It's like a drum solo. You, you make them too crazy, like that's great, but like it just kind of sometimes it just ruins the song. Mm. You know, you got to do it right. Yeah, I've heard drum solos that were amazing and like altered your consciousness, and there were others that just like stop. I think it's important. I I, I prefer a bass or a guitar. No, a bass or a drum solo that is done so well you don't even notice it. You know, it's in in in. It, you know, included into the rest of the yeah. piece. You're like, oh shit, they're playing by yeah. themselves. 
you say, oh, you hear that fill, you know, um, like that's more important to me, mm. you know, if you're going to show off, I don't want to notice that you showed off, but if you didn't show off, I would be upset. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> so the residents um, early on in their career uh, operated this on this theory of phonetic organization. Okay. They were proponents of the theory of phonetic or- organization. Which goes to say that the sounds of the words you use in a song are more important than the actual meaning. Okay. Abazabazoom, Babette, Baboon, Run, Run, Morning, Soon, Indian Dream, Tiger Moon, Yellow Bird, Fly High, Tobacco Sky, Babette, Baboon. Like, that's just fun to say. Good night, Moon. There night. might be more there, but like, I wouldn't try to interpret Abazabazoom, Babette, Baboon. I think it speaks for itself. Good night, Moon. Good night, Mitten. Good night, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Good night, room. I, you know what the, I, I did read today that uh, Bernie is a fan of the memes. Like he's, he gets a kick out of. You, you know, he probably doesn't even know what it is, right? <laughs> like, what, what is this? What is this that I'm looking at? Old man yelling <laughs> a cloud. <laughs> so, so the next track on this album is uh, Plastic Factory. this album is that it's you know it's got that blues and the r&b feel to it yeah it's like one thing but slightly off mm. like it's like, like that song genuinely kicked out so i was enjoying yeah. that but it it was still a little left of center you know it was blues but like not quite yeah you know something more going on there can i can i mention for a second we we listened to that whole song and I think we talked through most of it. Mm. Like we didn't sit there intently. Like we we had a pretty decent discussion. Imagine if I didn't shut off the recording for that. <laughs> we just talked. Through it was, it. Like nothing we said was wrong. No, you know it was all opinionated. <laughs> but like imagine I just left that in the the, the episode. Well, that does hark back to episode two of season one, Jaws of the Shark, mm-hmm. um, where we just played the album and talked over it. Yeah. But that was in the public domain. Yeah, and that was also, our conversation was relevant to the, the album. <laughs> yes. This time we were just talking about politics. Yeah. I just want to mention, you know, we're, we're people. We're not just like sitting here and not talking to each other in between. <laughs> we're also having a good time, you know. Yeah. Like I think a lot of these episodes, we structure them in such a way to seem like we're like so focused. And we are not. No, know? we're not. And, and if we go back to, excuse me, I'm going to cough. <clears throat> The origin of this show. This is about Aaron and I enjoying talking to each other and sharing the stupid things that we like. Yeah. Um, just hanging out and talking shit. So, case in point, really enjoyed that song. Well, it actually, yeah, case in point, we could just sit there and relax and just talk about it and enjoy the fact that the song is in the background. And mm. I think that's an important element of this song in particular because it's that laid back sort of just like, yeah, I've heard this before. I know I can get down. That's the cool thing about music, and and I like that. Like, I I think that is it's, it's like when I say something is uh, truck worthy, 
I'm going to stick it in the truck and drive around. I've been listening to the Greg in the truck for weeks now. Yeah. And half the time, I'm not even listening. I couldn't even tell you what song. Or if I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear Shug Shug. And then I'm like, oh, that's the end of Shug Shug. Like, where was my head? It's I, just... I really enjoy hearing you phonetically like sing it. Genius has um, phonetic <laughs> versions of the, the lyrics. So it's like, mm, I guess, mm, gosh, mm. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But we're singing the song and you're like, Shug. Shug, Shug. Anyway, we're not talking about that album. No. We got so off track. <laughs> so back to Safe as Mill. Yeah. The next track is Where There's Women. Where There's Woman. Singular. Where There's Woman. Well, there's truth the green ballastines, cottonwood. Where there's peace, a little cloud of music gleams, brotherhood. Where there's love, I'd be a boy if I could. Where there's woman. So you know what I was thinking when I was listening to this song? No woman has ever sung man. Where there's man. Women don't do that. Men all the time sing about woman or baby or girl more often than not. Mm -hmm. And I know some women are singing boy or baby, but... No woman, I think, has ever sung out for man. Okay. I, I'm i sure there's something out there. Prove me wrong. In, in the, you come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> Change my mind. I'm sure in, in, probably in the mainstream. Probably not, though. I would agree. I think that's a good point. This song kicked ass, though. Yeah, and he does have some... Again, this is the kind of thing that just, like, you know, what's my whistle? It's a... Um, the song... Works on itself, and then the lyrics are absurdist. Yeah, like you, you can't try. I did see on, um, you know, because we're on Genius again. Uh, they should really sponsor our show. Um, <laughs> somebody did try to interpret some lyrics on one of the songs, and that's it's absurdist poetry. Yeah, there is well, nothing to. I fall. Oh wow! Did you hear that squeak? <laughs> uh, I fall into the habit of trying to make sense of things that don't need to make sense you know what have i told you about crazy people we've had this conversation right i've warned you yeah when you begin to understand oh yes yep when you begin to understand crazy person yep you're in trouble you're in trouble um um look what you did (laughs) look what you did um i occasionally derail a train yeah, you try, you're trying to make sense of it, and it, it just doesn't work. And, yeah, I fall into that habit a lot. I think yeah, we all do. Shit, dude. I can't remember what I was going to say. Well, and that's like the, the pathetic fallacy of believing that, that nature is sympathetic. Because um, we try to make sense out of a senseless that, world. Exactly what I was going to say. That was it. Yeah. You, you are... Nature wants to not make sense. You know, yeah. and be a, be a, a mess. And... You and I need that perfection. Think about it, right? The entirety of like the woods is a mess, and nature wanted it that way. But your house needs to be like perfectly straight. Yeah, chaos is just or order. Order is just barely contained chaos. It's or if if you think about chaos being completely chaotic and random, order is just that brief state that chaos is passing through, where it makes sense for a moment and then goes back to sense and subjective. It really is. Wow, we just got deep. 
And speaking of subjective, uh, the penultimate track on this album, Grown So Ugly. Songs for you, Chris. <laughs> I got up this morning And I put on my shoes I stung my shoes Then I washed my face I went to the mirror So this poor guy's just done a 12-year stint in Angola. And he gets released, and he washes himself up and puts his shoes, and he goes tearing down to his baby's house and says, Honey, I'm back. And she's like, Yo, ugly dude, you ain't my boy, my man. He didn't look like you. There was a James Brown element to it again. Yep. But it was like a bluesy James Brown this time. Like a, I don't know. Oh my God! Really? Did somebody genius? Yes. Some genius. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna have to double check this. They're basically saying something similar to me, but what they are saying is the narrator uh, it was in Angola during the Angolan War of Independence. I'm 99% sure Angola is a prison. The name of a prison. I think that they're right. You're not. I'm almost certain that's a country. Oh, yes, it is. And there there was a war for independence during the 40s. Um, But I think there is a prison named Angola as well. And I would presume that the narrator in the song just did a stint and is getting out of jail. That's kind of what makes this. Well, there's Louisiana State Penitentiary, which is in Angola, Louisiana. That's it. Is it just all of a sudden? It's there. That my story makes sense. Well, you know, either way. I think that the um, cultural references uh, is an option on um, Wikipedia here, and I'm just taking a quick browse, and I don't see anything um, mentioning Captain Beefheart yet. Hmm. I just got a text from my wife, and she's popping in the studio for a visit. Okay. Glad to hear it. So before she comes down, I'll just set up. We're going into the final track on the album. Um, And I just changed screens. It is Autumn's Child. Shout out to, um, oh, they didn't leave their name. Oh, good job. Whoever tried to annotate this song, um, it's absurdist lyrics. There's, it's absurd that you would even think you could interpret it, interpret these. But you know what? It's 2021. Joe asked us for unity. Now, whether or not you like Joe, he asked us for unity. So I'm not going to shit on this person. I'm going to say, Good job. I'm still going to shit on this person? Valent attempt. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I found interesting about this album, and and, and you can probably um, agree or disagree 
with some degree of expertise as a musician. Um, an album is more than the sum of its parts. There's a feel you go for when you select the songs for an album so that there's a, you know, a certain flow or a feel that that album gives you. Sometimes it's a concept album and all the songs relate to each other. Sometimes it's just creating the feel, I guess, the mood of the album. And this one seems kind of schizophrenic. It just jumps back and forth. Like these songs, when I think of Captain Beefheart, I think of Captain Beefheart songs that I like. I have a hard time thinking about an album as much because it doesn't seem to be a... Um, these songs don't seem to be related to each other necessarily, I guess. I think there's a lot that goes into a, making an album, and I don't know so much when it comes to this kind of music, or even like just now in general, like if there's any thought that goes into it anymore, you know, typically. I mean, yeah. obviously people have thought into it, and maybe there's reasoning, but like I feel like it, like Cardi B is not thinking about what songs are the most meaningful to go on a record, you know? Mm. Like, I, I, and if she is, then it's, it's, the lyrics are just not, you know, they're not hard to decipher. So I don't know what she's going for there. Like a lot goes into it. Um, and how much is the artist versus the, you know, the, the label saying we want three singles on this album and, you know, let's start with a hook and I don't know, there seems to be. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, you know, the, the mainstream, that's the expectation is to, do what we asked you to do and, and you know, yeah. deliver because we want to make money. You have the independent labels or the independent bands that are just, you know, pulling out the best songs that they can. I mean, you know, it, yeah, who has more pull at the mm. end of the day? I mean, honestly, it's probably the one that's signing your paycheck. So you're going to probably want to do what they ask you to. And, and this album's a good example of that. So they started off at A&M. They did a few singles. They come with this album idea, and the execs are like, uh, nope, hard pass. They ended up at RCA. Well, think about um, Dead Poets Society. Their big thing is they've been to a lot of different um, labels, and they said, hey, you know, you guys are still finding your sound. What is it? And they're like, no, you don't understand. Like, that's the whole point is we want to constantly be finding a different sound. Mm. You know, that's what we're trying to chase. So they finally landed in, I don't even remember the name of the record company. Spine, Spine Farm. Farm. Thank you. Um, you know, and they they found that that label that's like, yeah, sure, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Sometimes you get lucky and make your own label. Uh, one of the things that um, I know I, I constantly talk about the residents. <laughs> uh, it's not that I'm a fan. Um, their albums are completely different from each other. Yeah. Like there's definitely, you know, when you're listening to a residence album, but the next album could be completely different from the one before it. And that's kind of cool. Right. So that was Captain Beefheart. Safe ass milk. <laughs> Safe as milk. Safe ass milk. I, I feel like at some point um, I may have to expose you to Trout Mask Replica. Whenever you want to expose me to something, I don't necessarily trust you. You're in good hands. I wouldn't hurt you. That's what most serial killers say. That's right. Um. <laughs> You're in good hands. You're in good State hands. State Farm is here. Are you a size 14? Um so uh, to our audience, if you enjoyed this album, I strongly recommend that you take the time to listen to Trout, Ma Trout Mask Replica. I have to say it slowly because it's easy to trip up on that. Trout Mask Replica, especially if you're a Tom Waits fan. It's, it's uh, Beefheart's seminal album, really changed um, at least his direction uh, as well as had a profound influence on um, parts of the music world, I guess. Parts.
So um, we got something special coming up this Friday, right? Yes, we do. This Friday. This Friday. As well as next Friday, but in particular this Friday. Friday, Yes. So what is this Friday, Chris? Uh, We are launching into a new endeavor called Freeform Fridays. Freeform Fridays. Sounds dumb. It does. (laughs) So part of this was, you know, so Aaron and I, we do pay attention to our analytics and uh, we discovered quite some time ago that people were dropping off after our musings. So we thought, let's take the musings out and just get right into the album. And um, I think that bore out, that had some success. But yeah. um, we enjoy musing. Um, it's one of the things that we do. So um, rather than bringing that back into the regular show, we thought we would give ourselves an opportunity to do whatever comes to mind, whether it's musing, interviewing a, a band that we're not familiar with or maybe that we do like but we're not taking a dive into the album or if we want to talk to somebody about um, whatever. It's free form. Yeah, it's free form. It's jazz for your Friday nights. There you go. Well, check in on Friday for free form Friday because that will be fun and that will be exciting. Um there's two more things I want to mention before we let you go. Mm-hmm. That's first things first. Chris and I want to sincerely thank everybody who listened to last week's episode and garnered up our largest play number yet. Um, yeah. Mid 200s, almost 300s, um, which we got in a matter of a couple days, which is a big deal for us. So we really appreciate that. Secondly, if you remember in the past, at the end of the Greg episode, if anybody consistently listens to this podcast, um, <laughs> I do, I do. I mentioned we were going to be listening to the Fairview, and then we ended up listening to Cleopatra instead. Um, So that was due to a a swap after the recording of that episode. So Mm. next week, we're going to be listening to Fresh Faced and Effervescent by the Fairview. By the Fairview, one of my new favorites. Um, Yes, we are also going to be joined by Jake and Nolan from the Fairview. So it'll be a special treat, and stick around until next week to see what what that holds excellent um in the meantime uh, make sure to go to esotericofthepodcast.com check out uh, all our episodes our social media what have you until then stay esoteric